The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. The Action Network Podcast, NBA Christmas Day Betting Spectacular. Thanks for joining us. I'm Matt Moore. You can find me on Twitter at HP Basketball. Want to make sure that you guys are using the Action Network app to track all of your bets. It's got the fastest updated scores you are going to find. I have tracked it against what's happening in the arena live versus the television, and our app is faster than the TV score. You are going to get the actual up-to-the-second updates that you need to make the best bets, track all of your bets, get the best information from all of our experts at the Action Network. Download the Action Network app today. As a reminder, we're going to start having a weekly NBA episode starting in January. I'm excited to join the slate of the already great shows. College football fans, Stucky and Colin will be releasing part two of their five-part bowl game betting preview episodes this Wednesday night as they continue to break down every bowl game between now and the national championship. And my favorite show, Stucky and Raybon will return on Christmas Eve with their NFL Week 16 betting preview. Make sure to check that out. On today's show, we will break down all five of the big Christmas Day games in the NBA. The NBA hat is back. We will talk to Justin Fan, the legend, the myth, the, the man that moves lines in the NBA more than anyone else I know. Justin Fan will join us. And later on, Raheem Palmer will join me to break down the rest of the games. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Let's get started with Justin Fan. Just a reminder, all of our lines are courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. All right, Justin Fan, the man, the myth, the legend with me from the Action Network. Uh, Justin's Insider's Tool will be updating with uh, everything that you need to know about the breakdowns for players, for teams, all the impacts of absences, injuries, up to the second breaking news. Make sure to check that out on the Action Network. Justin, are you excited for this Christmas Day slate that we have coming up? Great slate of games. And even for the start, the Pelicans heat, I'm really excited to see Zion unleashed off his minutes limit against the uh, Bam Adebayo, who's been great uh, passing uh, during the preseason. So top to bottom, it's a, it's a really good slate. So recording this a little early in the week, totals have not been posted at the books that I have seen. Um, so we're going to stick to the spreads today and the money line. Let's start with the big kind of headliner, Mavericks-Lakers. The Dallas Mavericks at the LA Lakers. Luka Doncic gets a headliner spot. Look at Luka go. Uh, versus the defending champs. The games were excellent last year. Um, line on this game, Mavericks are seven-point dogs. Money line, plus 250. Lakers, minus seven, minus 300. Um, I, I guess the first question I have for you is, we saw a lot of these games go closer last year. It seems to me like the books are making a pretty significant adjustment for Chris Stapp's Porzingis being out. Um, do you agree with that assertion, and do you think that that's warranted? I do agree with that assertion. I'm really curious to see what version of Dwight Powell we get this season. Are we going to get the version of Dwight Powell 
that led the Mavs in efficiency differential last season. He's coming off a ruptured Achilles. The preseason, he looked decent, not great. Um, so if he's not back to form, it makes filling in for Chris Steps a little difficult. Like you have uh, a limited Dwight Powell, you're leaning on Maxi Kleba, um, and you're playing a really big front court with, with uh, arguably you know, one of the best players in the league. No, the, one of the best players in the league, Anthony Davis. So um, reloaded with Marcus Stoll, reloaded with Marchez Harrell. It, it's going to be a big test for, for, for that front court. And um, I, I'm definitely encouraged by what I've seen from the, the Josh Richardson acquisition. He's worked really well with Luca in the preseason. The catch and shoot numbers for, for Jay Rich should be, should be up significantly. Um, and yeah, I'm also curious to see how limited LeBron is from the jump minutes wise. Um, I, I initially have him for the opener around 30 minutes. Um, but you know, we'll see how much they kind of ramp him up. AD should eat in this game. Like yeah. I'll be looking at probably the props because like Kleba can't handle him. Powell, you know, is undersized to begin with with Porzingis out. Like if, if KP, this is maybe the one game where I think KP's defense may have the biggest impact is his ability to cover Davis from range and then up close. Um, you have to think that, but at the same time, I'm going to bet that probably AD's number because of that's going to be pretty high um, based off of what we've seen in the past is like whenever those, these kind of absences, those numbers get juiced up. I don't know. Like, do you think that there's value at the, at the number of seven here? No, I don't. Uh, this is probably a stay away for me. Unless I see something I like, uh, either way, something that happens. Uh, LeBron's maybe more limited than, than um, I initially thought. Dwight Powell looks great. Something swings it, but I think that that number is pretty good. And the Mavs has always been like their bench differential has been their bread and butter. Like their second unit has always played really well. And then you, you're facing a team in the Lakers whose second unit is loaded when everybody's healthy. And the back guy on the rotation now, Talon Horn Tucker, was the star of the preseason. <laughs> yeah. You know and they're they're just way too deep in that in that second unit. Caruso, Montrez Harrell, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Talonhorn Tucker, um, Wes Matthews, Marquise Morris, Quinn Cook. Like you can go down and down and down. So I, I do think the Lakers are properly um, capped here, um, but I think that number is you know six and a half seven is, is correct. Yeah, it's probably gonna stay away from me too. Um, I keep wanting to grab the the Mavericks as underdogs just because mm-hmm. like Lucas. I think is going to have a fantastic season. The numbers bore out that they were at least even without KP last year. The numbers are pretty good with him out of the lineup, but like this matchup in particular really bugs me. Like, I just don't think that there's like the AD thing. Their front court is so big. They're just going to be like, I don't want to see Willie Colley Stein trying to guard Anthony Davis. Like I, you know, Boban can probably do a little bit of like, he, he can probably wreak a little bit of havoc um, depending on if Gasol starts or not. Mm-hmm. But in general, like they have so many more weapons than the Mavericks do. And like, I like the Mavericks additions on the perimeter, like Josh Richardson, but you know, Richardson is not a guy that you want to put on LeBron because he's too small. Like they don't have the wing defenders. Um, This one definitely feels it's a big number to lay. I agree with you. This is probably going to have to be a stay away. Should be a great game though. The flame that we kindle hasn't dwindled at all. It just keeps burning, burning, burning. It won't cool off. Let's talk about Clippers Nuggets, the big rematch from the Western Conference semifinals last year. The Denver Nuggets at the LA Clippers. 
Clippers are road favorites in Denver, not something you're going to see very often at all, even without crowds. Clippers a one-point favorite, minus 115 on the money line. Nuggets plus one, minus 105. So obviously better value on the money line for, the, for Denver. For Bet MGM, I'm going to go with Denver in this game. I, I still think that I, they have not – I don't think Serge Ibaka fixes their problem with guarding Nikola Jokic. I do not think that more Ivica Zubac is going to solve the problem with guarding Nikola Jokic. He has looked really plugged in. Like, he is, he's locked in, which is surprising to me because he tends to show up and kind of, like, drift for the first couple of months. He may have gotten past that stage in his career, Jokic has. Uh, I like Jamal Murray in this matchup. I like uh, the bench unit. I love the bench unit matchup. The Denver's bench unit looks much better. I think there's probably going to be real value on the Nuggets to win this game outright. Give me the Nuggets too. I'm all over this. And Jokic, you mentioned 14-9-6 on 71% shooting in the preseason so far. He's looked phenomenal. He'll eat in this matchup, even uh, though they swapped out uh, Montrez Hale for Ibaka. Um, I, I, I'm curious in the over. I want the over, um, you know, depending on where it lands. Malone already talked about how he wants the Nuggets to score 130 points. Um, I'm curious to see what Malone does on the wing. This this whole like Will Barton thing is is booming. Uh, MPJ came off the bench uh, because right after Barton said he wants to be a starter. So we'll see how that plays out with uh, you know Gary Harris, Will Barton, and MPJ. You know three guys vying for two spots. If we're talking about teams on a different end of the spectrum of what we see in the preseason, the Clippers look rough. Um, I don't think they want a single game, and they continue to rely a little bit too much on jump shooting uh, for my liking. Marcus Morris, already iffy for the opener with a sore knee. And if he's less than 100%, um, he's a big player in this matchup. So if he's less than 100%, if he even misses time, um, that, that's, a, that's a huge loss uh, for a Clippers team that will have to, you know, I guess throw in Patrick Patterson or Nicholas Batum in there a little bit more uh, for my liking. So, yeah, this, this, uh, this Nuggets team, man, I am optimistic. Like, I, I love they're getting, they're getting Will Barton back, I expect you know, MPJ to continue to progress. I love the Jermichael Green signing for them. Um, and then, you know, Campazzo Kemp, Kemp, as a great Mate Morris. Uh, I'll always love him. So I think they have the advantage on, on both the stars and the second unit. Yeah, they figured out some stuff. I was trying to understand what they were going to do with Dozier, and they moved him to three. They're basically mm-hmm. playing Dozier at small ball three, which is great because he gets to play make and add the defensive element, which is important when you have Morris and Campazzo on the floor together. Campos is going to make some absolutely ridiculous passes this season. On a team there already makes a lot of ridiculous passes. Millsap looks engaged. Like he was really mad at how badly he struggled in the bubble. He's a creature of habit, so it makes sense that he struggled. But he was shooting 40% from three last year. Still looked really good. Um, Barton is back and engaged. It's a contract year for him. MPJ off the bench is going to get a lot of minutes and touches. Like He's still going to get a healthy dose of minutes. He has not complained. The Nuggets feel okay about the situation right now. So you do think that Barton starting with MPJ MPJ is a thing, that it's going to happen? I think right now. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a midseason trade of either Harris or Barton to clear a spot. Like, that's where I'm at right now. It's like, I don't think that they want to do this because Tim Connolly loves Will Barton. He's He's a Baltimore guy. He doesn't want to trade Gary Harris. Harris has been here since the very beginning. Like, he was instrumental in a lot of the stuff that they built. Like, they're very attached to those players, but... They know that they got to figure out a way to get MPJ in the starting lineup. A lot of it was in the preseason. MPJ started and had an opportunity to just blow everybody away, and he wasn't bad. He just wasn't good enough. Like, Barton came off the bench and was great. And then the bigger problem is then MPJ goes to the bench, and he looks great on the bench. Even though, and, and so, like, that's a problem. But part of this is also, like, 
I just think that both Barton and MPJ are going to look better with the bench because you get more opportunities to shine. Like the Nuggets are have so many weapons in that starting unit, it's tough to find. Like they have they have too many weapons if that's such a thing. Like they just have so many ways that they can score. On the Clippers, they're plus six fifty right now at MGM to win the title. Uh, you were on them last year. Do you think that there's a chance that they could dip further as we go a month, two months into the season and get off to a rough start? And the value could be better to bet them later to win the title. I actually think they're better built for the playoffs than they are for the regular season. And kind of emblematic of that is that that switch between Montrose Harrell and Ibaka. I, I think Ibaka is better in a vacuum. I think Montrose Harrell is a better regular season player. I think Ibaka is better in the playoffs, right? right. I think for me, what I'm looking for, if I'm going to go back to the Clippers, is how they make it through this regular season. It's a condensed schedule. It's one right for rest, one possibly um, increased injury risk. And that roster is old, man. Mm -hmm. Patrick Beverly missing more games, seeing through minutes with every passing season. Lou Williams is 34. Kawhi still is dealing with that chronic knee issue. Um, Hopefully PG's healthy from that shoulder injury finally. Um, But they're an older roster, man. And if they can make it through the the gauntlet of this condensed schedule, condensed season without any significant injuries, then I'm willing to kind of go back in on them potentially because I think they're better built for the playoffs this time around. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. So we got one more game that I want to get to with you. The Golden State Warriors at the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is back. Draymond Green's going to miss, when we're recording this, he's going to miss the opener. Uh, We don't know if he's going to be available. I would imagine this probably drops a little bit. Warriors is plus seven right now. Bucks are minus seven. Warriors plus 250. Bucks minus 300 on the money line. I am, am going to be looking for spots to bet the Warriors. I had gone ahead and taken the Warriors before I saw the Nets in preseason because I thought I would get better value on the line, and I was wrong, and I'm now terrified because I like it on the Warriors-Nets game. Um, when you're listening to this, that game has probably already happened, so I had to look like a genius or a moron. With this Warriors-Bucks game, though, look, the Warriors have transitioned a lot to mid-range shooting in the last couple of years after like the Splash Brothers kind of height era. They transitioned to a lot more mid-range shooting. They still have the best three-point shooter in the game. Oubre and Bazemore can both bomb from deep. They do have weapons underneath. Wiseman can obviously you know, make some, bu- some buckets underneath due to the gravity. They're going to miss Green as a facilitator. Typically, the Warrior, the, the Bucks rather at home as, and you know, we don't know what home court's going to look like. Travel in the NBA seems more important than the crowd, but we'll see. The, the Bucks at home as, as single digits is usually like an autoplay, right? But I kind of like the Warriors here. I, I just I don't like giving more than five to Stephen Curry. Like I just feel like that's a mistake. Even with all of the, without Clay Thompson, even without Draymond Green, this team at least has like NBA quality players on it. Like it has like their starting five is mostly NBA dudes and a rookie. And I just feel like undermining and and going against Kerr and Curry at seven points is a lot to lay. Yeah, I don't think I think it'll get up to eight, eight and a half. Even um, I've seen some eights out there with reduced juice already uh, for the for this game. So um, I'm gonna wait until it creeps up 
uh, Draymond when he potentially gets ruled out um, for this Christmas Day game. Um, the line's going to jump even more, giving you more value. So this is kind of a, a one to sit on um, with news. I, I think there's a good chance Draymond misses this game. Kerr already said before uh, Draymond was officially ruled out for the opener that uh, he could miss a few games. So um, we'll see Eric Pascal likely uh, elevate into the starting lineup. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do against Giannis. I mean, they're going to just throw a combination of bodies, Pascal, Ubre Wiggins, someone, you know, grab someone from the stands. I don't know who's going to guard Giannis. That's going to be really <laughs> tough. Um, great test for Drew Holiday. Uh, th- this is the type of matchup that they, you know, that they got him for to guard Steph. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how he fares. I like the backdoor cover angle for for the for the Warriors, though their second unit is very iffy for me, um, especially when you pull Pascal off that unit into the starting lineup. I mean. I like Brad Wanamaker. Marquise Chris has showed well, but I'm still not sold on Bayesmore and Damian Lee. And you look at this, this what do you think of this Bucks second unit? Um, it's basically a, a brand new bench. Like it's DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, um, Tory Craig, Bobby Portis, and then you got the lone holdover and Pat Connaughton. So, um, you know, in the, I think we're talking, I'm looking kind of like a backdoor cover and these second units play each other. Where do you kind of, um, favor give the advantage to so like I like a lot of the players in that buck second unit but if we look at it Bryn Forbes if you isolate him out from the Spurs last year everybody's defensive rating went to absolute garbage when Bryn was on the floor I've liked Bryn for a while um, and part of that was because Bryn was starting and that's a that's a tough look right like bench unit's probably a much better acclimation but the, the I think it's probably offset by the fact that look Augustine is I love DJ Augustine. Love DJ Augustine. Like one of my favorite players who talked to, I've talked to him throughout his entire career. Um, I was high on the magic. I used to bet them and specifically because I would be able to find angles where Augustine I knew would do well as like a veteran that could just put up the kind of numbers that they needed. Uh, even for a bad magic offense. I like him in the system that shoots many threes. I love body Port- Portis, Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. This defense on that second unit is going to take a major drop off. Like that's going to be the big drop. Like that, the defense used to be solid with whatever unit for the Bucks was on the floor. It's like you could just count on them being a good defense. I think like with Holiday, they wanted to increase the ceiling, but that cost them their depth. And so now I think you're going to have like a real drop off in the second unit. They'll still put up numbers, but I think there's probably going to be a big defensive issue there too. So with the Warriors. You know, I kind of trust Kerr to be able to stagger a little bit. Like, they know that they're going to have to play guys a lot of minutes. They know that, I mean, he won't put Steph at any sort of anything unreasonable. He's not Tibbs, but I, I think they can probably figure out enough. Um, I want to see what Wiggins looks like. That's a big key here is I want right. to see what Wiggins looks like because uh, I think Wiggins with the second unit might be able to generate some stuff. I also like a lot of the of – the, I like a lot of the Warrior second unit dudes because I saw him last year. That team wound up with the number one pick. There are better guys in terms of talent on that team, especially those guys had to play all upper role last year. Like the eighth man had to be the fifth man. Like they were playing way, way up in terms of where they should be rotationally. I like Mulder. Like I like Pascal. I like, I like these guys. I think that they can, they can do enough. Um, so I'll probably be looking, like, that's actually an interesting angle on it as we're sitting here talking. When those lines come out, I'm probably going to be looking for like Bucks first quarter and then maybe fade them in the second quarter or take the total over maybe first half, maybe first half total might be the way to go with like that bucks unit really going like, we'll see how they look in their first game. But I think that that's probably, that's probably where I'm going to be looking as a big, I think that deep, I think that second unit is going to give up a lot of points. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see how Kerr manages rotations too, because before the Draymond Green injury, he was pretty staunch about how he was going to pair Steph and Draymond together no matter what, you know, and keep them on the floor together. So he'll have to be creative. And, you know, I'd imagine Wiggins will have to be on the floor whenever Steph's on the bench. Um, We'll see how he kind of manages things, uh, you know, if Draymond ends up missing a, a, a second game here. What's your favorite bet right now? from the Christmas slate of all the games? Well, I'll be looking to go Pelicans heat under. One of the biggest takeaways from the preseason has been like the stylistic shift that we've seen from the Pelicans. They've traditionally been a very fast team, a very poor defensive team. You have Stan Van Gundy coming in, doing two-a-days to JJ Reddick's dismay, emphasizing defense. And we've seen that kind of stylistic shift take place in the preseason. Obviously, small sample, don't want to read too much into it, um, but they went from fifth in pace last season to 29th in pace in the preseason. They went from 21st in defense last season, and they were even worse. They were like one of the worst defensive teams for the second half um, to 16th in defense uh, during the preseason. I think that's more of what you expect. They're going to be more like a league average pace team, league average defensive team, and, and less kind of the extremes that um, that we've seen in the you know from last season. So I don't think that'll be quite baked in into the total. Um, from the from the get-go and those are like the stylistic things that I'm looking for like the off-season stylistic changes that aren't baked into the initial you know Vegas totals and lines from the outset that I want to take advantage of early on great stuff that's Justin Fan. make sure to follow him on Twitter and more importantly on the Action Network app you're going to get the absolute sharpest plays in the NBA universe from Justin thanks Justin he's making a list he's checking it twice he's gonna find out more games to break down and for those i'm going to my man raheem palmer you can find him all over the action network and the action app make sure to download that man of many talents nfl nba you are all over the place my man i try man i just i mean those are the two sports that i do i actually do a little boxing too so um we had the canelo um colin smith fight last week it didn't go our way but i think i handicapped it um, correctly so that's what we try to do just try to get the best of it Better the cap is right than the, than the yeah. results. We're going to start the first game that we're going to talk about here for the NBA Christmas extravaganza. The New Orleans Pelicans at the Miami Heat. The Heat are five and a half point favorites. Uh, the Pelicans are plus 190 on the money line and the Heat are minus 250. Interesting matchup to go with. They had to get the Heat on because they were in the finals. Had to get Zion in because Zion's a huge draw. Um... I'm going to be honest. The Pelicans are a team that I'm looking to fade pretty early. I kind of like this matchup a little bit, though. What are your first thoughts on this one? My numbers actually put this game at six and a half. So from a numbers perspective, I think it's a little short, but I do agree with you on the matchup. I think it's a good matchup for the Pelicans. I think they can they can push the pace. They'll be able to score. I also don't like some of the losses that Miami's had this season. The loss of Jay Crowder is going to be big. Harkless isn't as good as shooting at three. Bradley's cool. I think the number's kind of right on. So if we look at kind of the defensive matchup, right? So the Pelicans are pretty bad defensively, have been pretty bad defensively. If they're going to be any better, it's going to have to be on that end. Um, one thing I think that's kind of key here is Bledsoe is an adequate replacement for Drew. Like Drew's first-team all-defense level-worthy 
Bledsoe is probably second team all defense worthy. He's really good on the edge. So, you know, with Dragic, I like putting Bledsoe on him and just being physical with him. I think that works going around screens, being able to contest. You've got Lonzo to be able to chase around Duncan Robinson. I like that matchup. Lonzo struggles when he closes out and then gets beat on the perimeter on the edge by a guy that then drives to the rim. That's where he makes mistakes. But if you just tell him, hey, I need you to just contain the three, Lonzo's got good length. He can contest through screens. Like That's actually a pretty good, I think, defensive setup. Look, the front court, this is where I think Steven Adams really helps, right? Like Steven Adams going up against Bam, you feel like that's probably a lot better than zion having to combat bam because bam's so much more of a polished player but adams is smart enough to at least make it tough on bam and we saw in the finals if you do not if he bam is a player that that it tilts very heavily either way where if he has a matchup advantage he's gonna look dominant he's just godzilla because he's wreaking havoc if you do not have a matchup but if you have the ability just to limit him a little bit he tends to fade into the background like he does not assert that. himself and really like combat these things. So mm-hmm. I, I like those matchups specifically. Plus 190, I'm going to wait. I think that this mm-hmm. number probably gets closer to your number. I think it probably gets closer to six and a half. And then at that point, though, I think I probably am going to take the Pelicans. Like I can see this number going up before we get to Friday. I think that, that the Heat are, I think are going to be a public team this season. They played the Magic in, in game one. So I think right. they, they beat the Magic pretty easily. And then – Perception just goes up on them. Right, and then likewise, uh, who's the Pelican, who are the Pelicans playing on, on Wednesday? They play the Raptors. Right, so that, that's probably a loss, right? And so that probably contributes to it too. So mm-hmm. if this moves a point, then we're I, I think we're in a good spot here. Um, I like it. Anything above probably six is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take the Pelicans to go ahead and hang. I think that they've got enough firepower. You know, Ingram versus Butler is a pretty good scoring matchup. Can Butler defend him? Yes. Uh, but I also for Miami, I don't know who's like. What do you What are you doing with Zion? Like, what's what's the move there to, to like? Mm-hmm. I don't know who they're gonna throw on Zion to try and contain him. I'm coming into the season. I'm already trying to fade teams who play deep into the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So I think this is a pretty good spot, you know, especially if you're getting above six and a half. Uh, I also I'm gonna take a hard look at the first half line when that comes out as well. I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, what that line is like if we assume it's like you know two two and a half like if it gets to three i'm okay there too i'm gonna take a look at that just because i think it's possible the pelicans are able to to hit them early with their athleticism and speed like first time first regular season game miami because miami also last season was one of the worst first quarter teams like they were not good until Mm -hmm. later in the game like third quarter second and third quarter was really where they they kind of they that's where they made their bread so um, I'll be looking at first quarter and, and first half lines on the Pelicans as well, I think. Run, run, Rudolph. Santa's got to make it to town. Santa, make him hurry. Tell him he can take the freeway down. Run, run, Rudolph, because I'm reeling like a merry-go-round. Let's go to the next game. Next game is... The Brooklyn Nets at the Boston Celtics. Kevin Durant oh, returns. I'm surprised at this number, especially given that the opening, when we're recording this on Wednesday, the opening mm-hmm. night line for Warriors Nets is much, much higher. The Nets are huge favorites there. Mm-hmm. Celtics are only a one point home dog here. Uh, Nets are minus 115 on the money line, Celtics minus 105. Now, I've got the Celtics over. I like this mm-hmm. team a lot this season. 
but Tristan Thompson is still doubtful. Like, we don't know if he's going to play or not. I think the thing with this game is these two teams play on national television in the preseason. I think the, the Celtics were four or five point favorites and they got destroyed. I so know, that's a big part of that's that's a big part of why this number is the way it is. I think it's a little short, to be honest. You know, I'm not high on the Celtics. I, right. I think this is a point guards league. You lose Kemba, you lose Gordon Hayward. I think those are big losses in addition to not having Tristan Thompson. But I just, to me, <laughs> to expect the, the, the Nets to go into the garden and, and beat the Celtics, that's just, I, I'm just not seeing it. <laughs> I think you'll get a better performance based on what we saw last week. So I, I just. That's interesting. So, well, I think I'm on the other side. Like, I, I think I've been higher on Brooklyn after seeing them in preseason. A lot of this is I like Boston to hit the over because I think that they'll be able to, to handle their business and catch a lot of teams. Like, they're just very good in spots. But mm-hmm. Katie Kyrie is a lot of firepower. Like, what's, what is the model? For, like, if you're trying to design what this game's going to look like for a Boston win, like, what does it look like? I think it looks like basically Brooklyn playing no defense. I was a little higher on Brooklyn just after seeing them in the preseason, but there was a game against the the Wizards, I believe, where they were up double digits, and then by the third quarter, it's pretty much <laughs> – it's a game. Defensively, they're, they're, they're going to have issues. Boston's going to be able to score. Um, I'm actually – I would rather look at the over for this matchup than play a side. <laughs> like, that's where I – Yeah, that's probably smart. I like that. Um, especially, I, I will want to see what the number comes down on. The number for Warriors – Nets on opening night is 231. They opened at 222 and a half in preseason, like in when they first announced the schedule. The initial lines had this 222 and a half. The new line is 231 and a half. That's a huge jump, which is one of the reasons I'm on the under on Wednesday. When you're listening to this, um, I, that may look dumb. I'm open to that possibility. I'm with you because, like, what does the Nets win look like? A Nets win looks like Kevin Durant scores 35, Kyrie scores 30. Joe Harris knocks down a bunch of threes and the Nets just overwhelm them with offense. What does a Celtics win look like? The Nets can't get any stops Tatum and like a bunch of like random dudes have like Tatum has a big game. You know, Grant Williams has like 12 Robert Williams has like 12. They're able to get a lot more versus Deandre Jordan than you expect. Um, The Celtics just put up a bigger number. I think I'm with you. I think the over is going to have to be the play here. Yeah. I mean, and then, Smart always kind of comes up with the game. We saw it in the playoffs where he he turns into Steph Curry and he drops five straight threes in the fourth quarter of game two. Like, those are the type of games that you get a big, smart performance. And I, I just, to me, I'd rather play the over. But I also, for me, when I look at this Nets team, they're going to be a great team to live bet against because they just have no defense. First quarter, Kyrie and, and Durant, they come out on fire. You know, the line probably goes up to seven, eight, nine. You jump on the other team, and then you're good. You got to expect this one's going to go up as well, right? Like, especially we're saying this on Wednesday. If the Warriors win, then obviously this is moot. But I, I do want to go ahead and put this out there. If the the Nets win on Wednesday, I would expect the Nets to beat for this number to go up by the time they face Boston after that preseason shellacking. Would you? Are you without a doubt? And I, so, I think you know the fact that this line moved from four or five. With, with Boston being a favorite last week to now it's just one, I think at some point we're going to see a total over-adjustment to who Brooklyn actually is, and there's going to be value fading them. And I think that's why, you know, I come into this matchup, I, I feel like if you're looking for value, you kind of got to look to the Celtics. What's your best bet for Christmas Day, all games considered? 
all the games considered. It's a little early for me because I, I definitely want to see where the totals are. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm with you. I, these two teams played last year. Um, I never forget. I was sitting in. I was sitting in Cosmopolitan. Um, it was the um, the game in which they went to overtime, and Danny Green hit the three. Um, I had the second half over. I had about five fifty on it to win five hundred. Guy next to me had ten thousand dollars on the Lakers, um, <laughs> and it was just another game in which Dallas just couldn't close. They should have won the game. I see Dallas's. They remind me of the Houston Rockets, but they have better shooters. Yeah, and I, I I think I think Luca's on his way to an MVP season. Now they got Josh Richardson. They got a little bit more toughness. I think the defense will be better. They'll close in the clutch. I think seven points is just too much. And then when I look at this Lakers team, I think people are making the assumption that they're a better team than last year. But I, to me, they lost two of the best offensive rebounders that allowed them to allow them to overcome their shooting defenses deficiencies. And I, I just think. I think they may take a step back in, in some ways. I think they're still a contender, but I think people are making the assumption that Gasol and, and Matthews and um, Schroeder are just going to make them that much better, and I'm just I'm not seeing it. I like it. I like it. All right, that's Raheem Palmer. Check him out on the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter. Raheem, thanks so much. No problem. Wrap it up for the Action Network podcast. Thanks for joining us. Make sure, again, to check out the Action Network app. Download today and get all of the up-to-date up-to-the-second information on games and expert analysis for all of your betting needs from the Action Network. Hope you guys have a very, very happy holidays and we'll see you again next time on the Action Network Podcast. Merry Christmas, baby Should it treat me Merry Christmas, baby Bought me a diamond